Welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. I'm Andy Davis, and in this podcast, I will interview the people working in the data center sector and tell their stories. If you are working in the DC sector or you are looking to work in the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Okay, welcome to the Inside Data Center podcast. Today, I'm joined by Brendan O'Reilly, who's a project manager for Black and Beach in the US. Uh, good morning, Brendan. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, hi, Andy. Thanks for having me on your podcast. No problem at all. It's good to have you. Um, if you want to just give everyone a quick intro on kind of who you are, what you do, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'm Brendan. I'm a project manager within the data center and mission critical facilities team in Black & Veatch. Black & Veatch is a global EPC firm headquartered in Kansas City, USA. I came to Black & Veatch seven years ago from the UK, left the UK to join Black & Veatch in South Africa. I'm a fair, fairly new addition to the data center team. So data centers is relatively new for me. I've been working in the data center group for two and a half years now. My background was in power generation in the UK, in South Africa, and then I got an opportunity to, to come to the US. So I've had a varied background, different industries, different locations, and I think that helps in the data center business. It is a relatively new business itself. You see a lot of people from different backgrounds, and that's what excites me is that it is a diverse group of people. It's a it's a fairly new technology and a fairly new group. So it's it's an exciting time to be working in this field. Yeah, I think it's exciting times for everyone at the moment in, in the world of data centers. One point that obviously you, you briefly mentioned there and that I picked up on and, and something that I think will be quite important to, to people listening to this is you, your background is from the power sector. And I get a lot of candidates asking me how they transfer into the data center sector from other sectors. So I just wanted to sort of go around how beneficial that background was for you when you made the move from sort of the more power and turbine based projects into the, into the data center projects. So I think for me, it was, it's always good to have a good general understanding of power generation or any heavy industry that's transferable to the data center market data centers heavily use power and they heavily use water and cooling systems so anyone with those kind of backgrounds is going to naturally gravitate into the data center world what was probably more important for me was the project management side of it so having been in projects for probably 20 years now i've been able to see all different elements of projects and some of those have been fast-moving projects, more in the commercial or infrastructure sector. Some of, the, some of them have been larger, slower-moving projects and large power stations and power projects. So I think it's the varied background that helps as well. Um, the power itself, I'm not in a pure technical role. So I have engineers who support projects who are dealing more with that side. But just having a, an understanding of what power generation needs are and an understanding of some of the requirements for manufacturers to, to bring to data centers as well has, has helped me. Yeah, definitely. Did, um, did Black & Veatch give you the opportunity or did you put your hand up and say, I'd, I'd quite like to work on, on the data center side? 
It was a mixture of both, really. I was working in the in the power generation group within Black and Beach. The data center's team was fairly new still. It's been around within Black and Beach five or six years. And they were actively recruiting as the sector was growing. They were looking for people to come and join them. There is a big difference, I think, between data center projects and traditional large infrastructure projects. The pace of change and the scale of the projects is sometimes different. It was something I was keen to explore. I could see a future in data centers. So the two combined, they had a need and I had a desire to get in there and that's how it started. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to hear that because one of, one of the bits of advice I give to people that want to get into the sector is to join a company that operates in the sector they already work in, but also operates in data centers and then look for the opportunity to transfer internally. I think that's much easier than say you went from Black and Veatch to a niche data center contractor. They would probably look at it and say, well, actually, you don't have the data center experience when clearly you've got the skills that can take you into that market. Yeah, that's right. We've we've recruited heavily from internal candidates who we know have the right skills that we can supplement with the data center uh, knowledge or deep knowledge of data center workings. And then you bring the two along side by side. So yeah, that's a that's a great point you make. Is find find a company who can do multiple things and work your way into the data center team. Yeah, and I also think it's important for companies as well to, if you do work in a number of sectors, give everybody exposure to the different sectors. So then if you do have a, a boom period or a down period in a certain sector, they're all sort of more aware of the other sectors and they can transfer themselves internally. Yeah, that's, that's a great point as well. Being able to flex the resources, like you say, data centers is booming now. Who knows what's going to be booming in five or 10 years time and you want to be able to flex those resources across those business lines. Yeah, exactly. Because we were all having the same conversations regarding the oil and gas sector about 15 years ago. You know, it's, it was always booming. Where do we get all these people from? How are we going to transfer them into it? It's similar conversations now you're having around the data center side of it. And it's just a case of people being more aware of the industry, which is why I wanted to do this in the first place, was to kind of get the message out there a bit more. But also for organizations to look at the staff they've got and how can we utilize the people we have rather than just creating this reactive recruitment need for X amount of people because we've won a project. It, it doesn't, doesn't really work, I don't think. No, it's, it's pretty short-sighted and the problem comes as well. What do you do at the end of that project if you haven't got a pipeline of projects coming in, you've just got people who are going to leave or... People are going to be sat on the bench with, with nothing else to do. Yeah, and that's what you see a lot, in, um, especially in Europe with the, the hyperscale projects. They tend to be quite cyclical, who, who, who's working on them, who the GC is for those specific projects. And say it's two to five year project. At the end of that, all of a sudden, there's a high volume of people that are looking around for new opportunities. Uh, and, they, and they aren't always, the time doesn't always work. They've got the right skills and but they just not, they have to wait for another project to launch. Whereas a lot of those individuals could easily be utilized in, in other areas of certain businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I think one quite key point to talk about yourself as well is obviously the transfer to the US market. Uh, a lot of people I speak to want to enter the US market because it's buoyant, 
obviously it's quite um, I think people are more aware of the data center market in the US than they are in some other regions because it's such a big market out there so how did you find the the transition from the UK to the US I think the biggest challenge with the US and getting into the US is the visa system I was lucky enough that Black and Beach were able to sponsor my visa program and it was a time when I think there were greater numbers of people applying for and being granted visas to get into the US. I had a pretty niche role in in the power sector that enabled me to do that. I don't think it's that much different in terms of the day-to-day working. So whether you're on a construction site in the US, whether you're on a construction site in Europe, the day-to-day activities are generally the same, the interactions are the same, and, and what was interesting to me, the problems are the same. Yeah. So I think the 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 benefit and one of the pulls of the US is is that it A it's so big, so it's almost like looking at Europe as one whole region. Yeah, exactly. That's why I always that, find when, when I'm recruiting for roles in, in in the US, it's always you have to look at each state as a country from my, that's the mentality I have to take when I'm searching for it because if you're working for, for a lot of roles in Europe, we might just target Europe. We might we need yeah. this skill set somewhere in Europe, and we can go and identify them within Europe. Whereas in the US, it's a lot more sort of driven state by state. Yeah, that's true. You go on the West Coast; it's it's different. Even culturally, it's different on the West Coast than it is to the South. Different to the East. Different to the Midwest, where I am. So it's. There's those differences you have to take into account. I don't think people, sometimes me, me included, we didn't fully understand the sheer size and difference of the US. It is enormous. Yeah. There's, there's a bit of everything. And, and sometimes understanding where those projects are as well. It's not like you're going to get plonked onto a greenfield new build where you can go into New York City every weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It could be in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa or somewhere in Nebraska. So it's you've got to kind of understand the geography and, and the culture a little bit as well. Yeah, definitely. I think the scale of the projects as well. It's although there's obviously there's a lot more hyperscale size projects in, in in the majority of regions now. The US still dominates that market and the sheer scale of some of the, the data centers that are being built is not something that the majority of people will have worked on before no and, and that applies to to almost everything here really you look at the you look at the freeways on the motorways and there's six seven eight lanes on each side and things are just naturally bigger because of the size of the place that takes some some getting used to yeah do you think that overall though the skills are transferable say from obviously from your experience from uk to us do you think that the majority of people that were in a project management role on a data center in the UK could quite easily transfer to the US from a skills perspective? Yeah, I think so. I think most of it, for me, project management, most of it is getting along with people and getting people to do the things that you need them or you want them to do. So having having the data center or even the construction or design experience as the grounding gives you that foundation to to build on and then the project management stuff to me is close enough that you can transfer those skills pretty easily 
Yeah, I think I agree. I think the majority of of roles we work globally are very similar in, in the demands of it. I think you hit a good point with the cultural side of it. That's a massive factor, I think, that people have to consider wherever you're going in the world. It's very different working in London to working in Norway, to working in Amsterdam, to working in the US, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, you, and we come across that a lot more when we're dealing with roles in, in the APAC region as well. So it's definitely a key factor you have to consider. Yeah, I think that's what people should really think about rather than all the focus being on the technical side or the, the job role experience side is more of the culture. Would they be a good fit for the culture? Does the working environment match what they want to see? Especially like you said, in Asia, there's, there's a lot of big differences there, I, I think. Even in Europe, between Europe and the USA, although we think it's the same, just some of those smaller differences. Yeah, exactly. And you're seeing a lot more US companies coming into Europe as well, which is obviously having an influence on that. People are getting a better understanding of how the US contractors operate or the US clients, what their demands are for their facilities. And that's opening people's eyes, I think, a bit more to the to the slight differences between regions on a construction basis. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure the, the hyperscalers who, who are originate from the US when they're building in Europe and Northern Europe there. They'll be bringing their US standards or US ideals into those builds. And I'm sure that probably causes some conflict as well, but ultimately it's, they want that uniformity across the globe. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think everyone enjoys how, <laughs> how, they, <laughs> how they operate, but it's exactly that. It is the uniform side of it. It's we want this facility to be exactly the same as our facility in any other country that, that we're building in. And culturally, it's again, it's quite when I'm recruiting for some of the leading US organizations in Europe, it is very hard to find a cultural fit for their business. I can find the skills. It's that's never a major issue because it's a massive attraction to work for some of these organizations. But the cultural side of it is very difficult to tick all the boxes. And that's something that I've had to learn over the last sort of two to three years of what, which way each of these works and their nuances, which are very different. Yeah, it's, and some of those you don't really know until you live them. And that's the hard part, especially for you, is that you're taking a gamble on putting somebody in there, putting somebody on a site that may have a culture that's alien to them or just even a little bit different to them that can cause conflict on that site yeah exactly from a skills perspective in the u.s do you is there a shortage of people for the data center sector i think like everywhere there's probably uh i wouldn't say a shortage but there's there's certainly competition for doing the skilled trades work so the mechanical electrical and plumbing trades specific to data centers Finding mechanical MEP contractors is not a problem. Finding the ones who have repeatable data center experience is becoming more of a challenge. We spoke earlier that these builds are cyclical and not necessarily following on one from another. So those subcontractors can sometimes have periods where they're not doing any data center work. They might lose some of those skills. They might lose some of that supplier knowledge 
and then you're back at square one when you try and engage them to to carry on. In terms of individual resources, I don't think the pinch is as keenly felt as it is across Europe and other areas, simply because of the the size and the scale of the country and the willingness of people to travel across the states to to work on projects. Yeah, I think that's a big factor that the US are more a lot more open to work in other regions within the US. Europe is definitely following that suit now. You know, the majority of workers that, or people we're talking to are they're traveling somewhere, they're rotating between a country and another and it's definitely becoming a a lot more open to that in this region, but going back only three or four years, it, it was very rare that a candidate based in London would work on a project in Amsterdam. Seems crazy now when you talk about it, but it was it was very unheard of back then. Yeah, it was. It used to be the only the only people who worked that kind of thing used to be offshore oil yeah. and gas type people, or rare occasions sometimes power people you would hear of it but now like you say it's it's becoming prevalent across the construction industry exactly and i think it's only going to increase from that perspective as well as the world you know they always say the world gets a smaller place digitization is is helping us with that anyway like i was talking now on this so it's highly likely that you'll see a lot more individuals in all sectors that are, are open to travel further for for jobs basically and go where the demand is as well as the flip of that is you'll see more home working no doubt and people won't have to travel as much all the time and therefore they're open to traveling a bit further less of the time yeah it just it just makes the whole work home thing different there's no need to be tied to a specific location anymore those support activities whether they're design or procurement can be based wherever in effect yeah, exactly. And, and then, that, that's one thing we're definitely seeing from a design perspective. A lot of the clients we talk to from design now, based in the UK or based in Europe, uh, are designing data centers across the globe. Yeah, as long as you can fix the, the time difference and some people can use that to their advantage as well, it's almost like you can gain an extra day sometimes. Then yeah. those, those remote facilities really can be a benefit. No, definitely. As far as the US market as a whole, how are you seeing it evolving at the moment? Is it moving towards, is there more edge in the US? Is it more hyperscale? Where do you think the, the market's going? There's still quite a big hyperscale market here. I think the restrictions in Europe, to me, are based on land a lot of the time and land availability. And, and that restriction is just not here, here. So the the sheer scale makes hyperscale an attractive opportunity because the land is there and the land may be cheap. But there's also the drive to edge, the techno technological advances that are driving people. 5G is going to have a big thing. I think for me, uh, one eye on the future, and I, I suspect that it would be other parts of the world are going to lead this rather than the US. If you look back at the power market, Nobody's really building coal-fired power plants anymore, but 20 years ago, that was, that was the norm, and that was driven by usage. So we're all, there's no restriction on anybody for the consumption of data at the moment. You can use as much as you want on your phones, on your internet. 
And I wonder if that's going to slow down or change at some point, along with the sustainability and the environmental impacts of calling the data centers. So I wonder if those things are going to drive the markets more than anything else. Yeah, I think most people I speak to at the moment, sustainability is the big one. It's you know how can we improve from that aspect across the industry? And there's a number of different factors, as as we know, that influence that and the market really needs to drive it together. I think it's one of those combined efforts solve a, one problem, the same problem for everybody. And But that is definitely influencing design. It's definitely influencing construction. So, Yeah, I think there's pressure from governments. I think there's going to be that increased pressure of how much power are you using, how much water are you using, how much impact are you having on the environment and its surroundings that it's going to... Recently, it's there's been it's been bubbling away under the surface. You read a few articles about it, but I think that's going to come to the fore, and that's going to create a change in the design and the build of of data centers going forward. Yeah, definitely. I think it was the, it was the key topic before we all started talking about COVID and and the and the associated effect of that. Everybody was talking about sustainability going back six, twelve months. I think COVID's obviously taken over everyone's life now and it, it will probably delay those decisions but it's definitely going to be the the key topic of conversation as, as we get as we move forward yeah there's a convergence between that and renewable energy i think that's naturally bound to occur we're seeing hyperscalers and large colo providers already talking about how can they integrate renewable energy into their data centers yeah, I think, and also power availability is a big problem in in Europe as well. Some of the Scandinavian countries are cheaper from a power perspective; they're more sustainable, and you've got issues with power availability. And like, it's been raised in Dublin, Amsterdam, all the all the main central hubs that have that issue as well that they need to overcome. So it all it all correlates, and it all relates to the same issue. Yeah, absolutely. And and those markets as well, they're going to get congested at some point. They're going to everyone's going to start looking for the new where's the new Frankfurt, where's the new London, yeah. where's the new Amsterdam and Yeah, the main drive's been towards sort of tier 2 regions at the moment, like Warsaw, uh some of the Austria, Switzerland, countries that are not your normal data center hub and now the target areas you've seen google open new cloud areas in pretty much every country that they're not already active in poland spain uh, new zealand etc so th- there's definitely a big push to go into these new regions as well as keep maintain the established ones yeah and i think that's one it's, it's exciting for people who are already in the industry it's exciting for those countries to to have a part of that and it's it's also a challenge as well, obviously, the supply chain, the local skills, the local regulations all play a part in trying to get facilities built in those regions. Yeah, definitely. Does the US have a, are you finding in the US that new markets are coming in as well? Or is it still the same established regions? No, there seems to be, seems to be new markets popping up all over the place. It's a combination of like you said, power availability, climate, price of land and proximity to the main fiber routes. So we've seen projects in the hotspots like Seattle, Portland, Oregon regions to newer markets in places like Wyoming, where they're not 
open to some of the weather events that might be around in other places to and they're cold as well so you get some free cooling effects but then people are still building heavily down in texas and other places like that so it's really a, still a combination of the two yeah i think that's that's what we're seeing as well i think chicago seems to crop up quite a lot at the moment yeah we've seen projects there we've seen interesting projects there where people are repurposing buildings to use as data centers i think that's going to be a a growing market as well in the future i know there's been power plants that they've looked at repurposing they they have the benefit of already being located on some of that power infrastructure i wonder personally if the the working from home is going to free up office space which is going to people are going to look to use that as edge facilities or micro data centers yeah i was talking to a senior design uh, director about that last week actually saying that we've got going to have all these buildings that are likely to be vacant that's, that's the reality of the situation we're in so where how can we repurpose them and it, i think the edge side of it and like you say the micro data is definitely a, an opportunity for that whether it can i think the the main issue that has been raised with me is whether the power is obviously go back to the same problem we've already talked yeah. about whether the power is there in that building is it, it can we get the power there but it seems like a logical step when you're struggling for space, you're struggling for uh, areas where you can build them, in, especially to, you know, in the centre of cities. So you know, if we've got an empty office, can we repurpose it? Yeah, I see, I see that a lot more in Europe, actually, and, and even Asia region. In the US, typically the, the buildings themselves are fairly warehouse-like, the standard um, not just the hyperscale ones, but even when you scale those down, the concrete shells. And when you look at Europe, when you look at India, especially, I've seen a lot more high-rise data centers, a lot different architecturally than what we're seeing in the US. Yeah, I think the the design from a CSS or a construction perspective is definitely the opportunity to improve the sustainability side of it as well like can we make more efficient buildings as a whole not not the services but can the building be more efficient but that does like it needs new designs it needs fresh ideas coming into the industry and it needs to be a bit more dynamic than a larger shed basically yeah definitely i think there's i think there's huge opportunity not just data centers but all industries to to look at can we make this building multi-purpose other other different things we can do with it so that it's inside is maybe where it's doing its day job or it's 90 percent of the work but what can the outside of the building do what what else can this building or plot of land do to support the community or support the surrounding infrastructure yeah and you're seeing a lot more solar for example on on data center campuses now aren't you we'll We'll, f- we'll fuel it with solar and we'll share some of that energy to, to the local town. I think Facebook said the other day that they've just done one with uh, in a dense. They're fueling some of the homes in a dense with, with some of the excess power from the data centre. Things like that are definitely going to help the, the industry as a whole. Yeah, waste heat is, a, is another big one. Uh, I saw something, it was, a, it was on a much smaller scale, but they paired a data centre with a small farm so they could use all the heat from the data center straight into a greenhouse. <laughs> I thought that was a that was a cool yeah, that, idea. 
No, I think that's definitely what, what it needs. And, and I also think from a branding perspective, you know, that things like that will massively help the sector improve its, its branding. It's, uh, you see a lot of negative press about the, the use of energy in data centers. You do see a lot of positive, but like I always say to people, that's because I look for the news. You don't see it in the, the everyday news that other people see, and that's where it needs to get to. It needs to get to the mass market to show what, what the industry is doing from that perspective. It's solving a lot of problems, probably solving a lot more than it's creating. Yeah, definitely. And I think, the, I mean, the people who are going to build the, the data centers of the next 10, 20 years are currently in school or they're currently in, in university, and they're going to have a much different perspective on sustainable goals, on what makes a building worthwhile to build. So they're going to bring fresh ideas into the sector when they get into the job market. Exactly. And once those people get to be CEOs or senior directors or, or owners of development businesses, they, at that point of, of no doubt, there'll be a lot, a data center will look a lot different then to, to what it does now. Yeah, I think data centers are still, they've been around a long time, but in terms of their development and their journey, they're, they're still pretty new. So I think there's some, there's going to be some shifts to come, some paradigm changes that are only going to make the sector more interesting to work in. Yeah, definitely. Before we wrap up, there's just uh, one question that I, I like to ask everybody just to kind of hear your views on it. If you could give sort of one piece of advice to anybody looking to work in the data center sector, what would it be? I would say to be open and flexible to try in different things. Data center projects for me have been fast moving. They've been very fluid and they've been challenging at times because you have to have an eye on all of the different systems and all of the different pieces that make up those data centers. So if you're coming in with an electrical background, don't just focus on the electrical side of data centers. Try and get a greater understanding of all the other disciplines that are involved in the data centers and how they all fit together and just be willing to be flexible in your own career to move around to try different things like you said the the market is opening up and it's requiring people to have that flexibility and that desire to to work in a different way oh, i think that's really good advice i think like we were saying earlier, get that exposure to as much of you know, the industry as you can. And, and then once you enter to it, it's, it's an easier transition. And, you, and also your skills are more desirable. If, if you understand, the more you understand of the industry, the more desirable you would be to a potential employer. Absolutely. It may not be your first opportunity in a data center may not be doing exactly what you wanted to do or exactly what you envisioned doing. Having that foot in the door getting that experience and and being able to see what other people are doing will give you a, a great step to grow in your career. Yeah, great. Well, thank, thanks, Aaron. I've really enjoyed that conversation. I think it's uh, it will be really helpful to for people to get an understanding of, of what's happening in the US market, but also to hear from someone that's actually made the transition from the UK to the US, because as I say, it is a question that I get asked a lot. I'm fully aware how difficult it is from a visa perspective, but if somebody's prepared to put in the effort to, to get the transition, then you know, I think that information will be really useful. So thanks for joining me today. Obviously taking time out of your morning over there in, in Kansas. 
I hope you have a good day. Uh, and obviously we'll um, hopefully speak to you again at some point in the future. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. Cheers, Brendan. Take care. Cheers. Bye.